we just want to kind of welcome anyone who's listening right now to the Truth Is podcast, um, where women share the truth about how God loves them. Um, it can be very um, trying as women and believers, and we want to use this time to encourage one another. Um, and so I'm so excited to have Kelly joining us today. Um, this year, we want to use the time that we have together to hear from women and their faith stories and how God really has shown himself to be true, um, and then how they learned about the truth of God. So uh, Kelly's going to start us off um, and talk a little bit about uh, that story for her and how her truth um, with God started. So Kelly, thank you for joining us today. And if you don't mind, I'm going to pray to start us off. Is that, is that That, all right? That's great. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Heavenly Father, we just want to come to you today um, with open hearts, um, and we ask that you join us today as we um, share this message with each other and with anyone who may have the opportunity to listen. Heavenly Father, we know that your truth will set us free. We know that your truth is pure. We know that your truth is consistent. And Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we have this opportunity. We thank you that um, we have the technology and we just want to let your glory shine through these airwaves as people are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, And so, Kelly, can you tell us a little bit about... um, how you, how long have you sort of known Jesus to be your savior and, and, and when you came to know him? Sure. So I'm uh, 59 years old. I've been married for 35 years to my husband, Kirk, and we have four kids, all of whom are married and we have nine grandchildren, three of whom are adopted. And um, we have lived uh, in North Carolina for about 27 years, I think now. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we're, we've lived all over the world and we are from different parts of the United States. So <laughs> we've had a, an interesting um, background. <laughs> um, and when I was 10 years old, my parents, I'm from Baltimore, my parents were attending, um, had, they had grown up in a church and we were attending that church. And then all of a sudden they met some folks who introduced them to Christ and we went to a different church and in that church we were we had befriended another family that had kids the same age as my siblings and i and one of their daughters um asked me one day just a few months after my parents had their experience if i had um basically if i wanted to go to heaven and i really didn't (laughs) understand that there was like (laughs) two options there (laughs) and uh, And so I was like, of course, I want to go to heaven. And she says, well, you have to ask Jesus in your heart. And I said, okay, well, let's do that. You know, so we, we literally, I remember it very clearly. We knelt at the foot of her bed. Um, I think she was 12 and I was 10. And she led me in the, what I called the sinner's prayer back then. And I received <laughs> yeah. Christ, you know, so that was my early exposure to the gospel. Very simple faith, very basic Basically, I don't want to go to hell. So, yes, I want to be a Christian. <laughs> but, um, but then my parents became really involved in this particular church that was, you know, a um, you know, church that really taught the Bible. And I learned a lot. I grew in my faith and, and my walk with the Lord. 
um, it wasn't whole, but it was, it was a whole lot more than I had been having. And, you know, as I grew up and became a teenager, I was really devoted to Christ and purity. And I really wanted to know God. And, um, you know, in my simple way as a young person, that was my walk. And then, then I went to college and, um, I actually went to a Christian college, but I found that I was not nearly <laughs> as challenged with my faith there because kind of everybody around me thought the same thing. And that's, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. kind of where I began to really question. I wasn't actually questioning my faith, but I was yielding up some areas of my life that I knew God wanted me to keep holy and I wasn't. So I was like living mm-hmm. a bit of a double life during that time. Mm-hmm. But that was my, those were my early experiences. So, and so I, I just want to kind of touch down, like, so for you, you said you went to a Christian college. Was that a choice, right, to continue because your faith was so strong or, or was that like your family? You just felt like you wanted to continue this experience or? Well, I, um, I went, I was the first person in my extended family to go to college. And mm-hmm. um, I really honestly didn't even know what that, what, what college was until mm-hmm. I was probably about. 15 or 16, I started hearing people talk about it. And so the, there was a recruiter that came to my high school from this particular college that I ended up attending. And um, he had been a young life leader at our high school. So he kind of came back to reconnect with some people. And he took me and several other students there for a college visit. And that was the only college I ever considered. It was very expensive. I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm, <laughs> um, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I just went and finished. and. Um, you know, and it was a, it was a really good experience in many ways, but it was also that season where I just, you know, kind of fell away from my devotion. Like I had mm-hmm. Jesus as number one in my life until I mm-hmm. went there. And then I mm-hmm. just kind of gave in to temptations like many people do. I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not a experience at all, but yes. uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I think, and certainly, as you know, um, certain, the women that a lot of the young people, right. Kings Park serves, um, yeah, has a very strong college ministry. Right. And so um, I, I just think that's a really kind of powerful touch point of that's a very common thing that happens. Right. People right. go sure. in very rooted in their faith and then life can kind of get in the way for whatever reason. Sure. Um, and so I guess then to speak to that, uh, just to move forward in your life, to jump ahead a little bit, like, what do you think um, kind of as in your grown up self, you've certainly lived a life, which I, I can't wait to talk to you more about that. But what do you think kind of brought you back? Right. Well, how did God reach back to get get you back? Right. Yeah, I definitely had a personal crisis at the end mm-hmm. of college mm-hmm. and uh, I was dating a guy that I thought I was going to marry. I had definitely mm-hmm. been promiscuous with him. And I at that season of my life, I really felt like I had kind of sold out like okay, mm-hmm. I've already crossed a line. So I guess he's the one I need to marry, you know, mm-hmm. felt a little, mm-hmm. little bit trapped there and mm-hmm. um, didn't really fully grasp uh, grace at that point. And um, mm-hmm. was just really living in a shame filled, guilt ridden existence. <laughs> yeah, um, I was gonna say, yeah. yeah. So then, um, then he broke up with me. And um, the interesting thing was that I had my degree was in education, and I had applied to teach at a school, a, mission, a school for missionary kids in Haiti. And I was, around the time he broke up with me, I was turned down for the job. And um, so it really, uh, 
it just shook me all over in many different areas of my life. I was living back home with my parents and that's not where I wanted to be. I wanted to be on my way to getting married and having this fun life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it just wasn't turning out that way. So uh, after the breakup, I, I was just very broken and humbled. And I just said, okay, Lord, I'm giving you everything I have. I'm done fooling around with this. And um, so I spent the next six months really focusing on, um, you know, just serving God, making friends with people who were going to encourage me in my faith, getting really involved mm -hmm. in my church. Mm -hmm. And I reapplied to the same position and got the job. <laughs> and so oh, wow. I um, ended up spending uh, that year preparing to move to Haiti. Um, and then I moved and, and taught school there for a year. And while I was there, I met my husband. He was working for a nonprofit there as well. And um, so that year was very pivotal in terms of like getting very serious about God, um, really laying down the comforts of this world to take up the cross and follow Christ and just say, mm -hmm. well, I don't know what you're going to do. And then I was surprised beyond belief with my husband's, with the provision of my husband, because I really at that point did not expect God to bless me in that way after I had sort mm -hmm. of broken all the rules. I mean, these are sort of the mental gymnastics I was going through at the time. Yeah. So it was a really awesome year. And that was, that was really what the breakthrough was. Um, and that was just the beginning. I mean, uh, you know, making that commitment to really walk in faith. I take that very seriously and I still do. So this all happened in 1984, 1985. Mm -hmm. So it's been a very long time ago. <laughs> so just, we got married in 85. And um, the journey of faith alongside my husband has been remarkable. Like we, um, we decided very early on that, uh, well, we actually became pregnant on our honeymoon, which we were definitely not anticipating. <laughs> and um, Me too. I, my <laughs> husband and I too. Yeah. <laughs> and so my daughter actually attends Kings Park. And so she, <laughs> she and her husband are very involved there and live nearby, which is great. But um, so we, you know, our life shifted pretty dramatically and we really didn't know each other very well. So we had, a, we had a lot of growing to do together, but we were just determined to lay our marriage and our family life and our goals and dreams down before the Lord and let him guide us. So that decision and that journey has taken us a lot of places. Um, so we mm -hmm. had, we had Abby uh, nine months after we got married and about a year and a half later, we had another child, John, and then we became pregnant with a third one soon thereafter. And while I was pregnant, we decided to move to Italy for a year, two years to work um, Kirk's corporate job there. And then we moved back to the U S we had, well, we had the baby there. And so I had three kids under four years old in a foreign country. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah. <laughs> when I look back on that now and I look at my kids having kids, I'm like, Oh, we were crazy. That was too. <laughs> uh, right. But then, you know, many other things happened. We ended up moving there again, 10 years later. Um, for a while and then came back again and each time each decision was was bathed in prayer trying to figure out what to mm -hmm. do when we came back the second time though um, my husband was really really unhappy at his job and he had just the Lord had been drawing him to start a business mm -hmm. and um, we had been doing some things together I'm I'm a teacher by trade but I've picked up 
interior design just on the side um, through mm -hmm. other things that I've done. So we were doing some remodels for people and for ourselves, and I was doing some sewing projects and stuff. And so we decided um, to jump the corporate ship, <laughs> jump off the cliff and start mm -hmm. a building company. And mm -hmm. this was just prior to when our kids were like heading off to college and everything. So a very expensive season of our lives. We have four kids, by the way, we had another one. And um, <laughs> so we decided to start a business and it was just so amazing. Every day we, we would get together at the end of the day and say, you will never believe what, what happened today. You will never believe the connection I made today or the contact I had today. Yeah. You will never believe what happened today. God's provision. I mean, it was just one thing after another. And um, so we were really encouraged. Uh, our business story is a long one, but so we've, we've been in business now. Um, the Tuscan group is the name of our company. We've been doing that for 17 years and five of those years was, or excuse me, seven of those years were during the recession. Mm -hmm. And that was very difficult. We almost lost everything. My husband had to go back to corporate work again for quite some time and was traveling, living internationally for a little while again. It was just a super tough time. But um, the Lord rescued us out of that and healed a, an extended family relationship through that trial and made provision for us. I mean, it's just been remarkable, adventurous, exciting, incredible. So it sounds like it, it, it sounds like that I hear a couple of things. And, and so I want to go back to sort of the beginning of this. It sounds like the first thing, you know, what, what we learn in our, in the very first part of grace, uh, our, in fact, of the gospel is that sort of Jesus, uh, came in exchange for our sin, right? He gave his life, right? And yeah. so it sounds like um, you, your guilt got exchanged for grace, yeah. right? So yeah, exactly. um, that's the first thing that comes to my mind, which is just amazing. And then sort of when I think of, when we think about, you know, all of the things that we can, are, are sort of on earth and toiling for is this sort of never-ending kind of eternity right and I think mm -hmm. you've had this you keep telling you talking about this sort of never-ending grace mm -hmm, right this mm -hmm. sort of this sort of eternal uh opportunity that every day we wake up our mercies renew we hear about that too and so um yeah it's just really amazing to hear uh, no matter what season you were in in life God shows up with this this grace once once you get it you've got it you know yeah um and, and I think that's really important for women to hear um, because, you know, life will happen and, and things will happen and, and um, we can get those with that same grace every morning, every morning. Yeah. It can just be amazing. So, wow, that's so, so interesting. And so I wonder, as you've walked through these seasons, um, have you have you clung to any particular kind of scripture or has there been a continuous theme throughout like once you met your husband and you kind of guys were like we're committed to this life with Christ together has there been a, a theme or a, a something that you've kind of held on to that you've seen uh, really support you that you might want to offer to um, a, a young woman listening yeah I mean I think um, just 
the, I'm sorry, I don't have my Bible open in front of me. At the- no, it's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible with scripture. I'm, ter- <laughs> I'm terrible at, I mean, I can summarize, but I'm, yeah. I'm terrible. <laughs> there was a, there was a Bible verse I memorized when I was a teenager and um, mm-hmm. it's in Colossians, but I don't remember exactly where it is, but it says, whatever work you have to do, whether in word or deed, do all as unto the Lord. And mm-hmm. um, I think that one just really stands out to me as, you know, there's not, there's not like a different levels of faith and different levels of Christianity. We are all children of God and all um, bought with the blood of Jesus. And we're all at an, on an equal playing field in terms of our worth before him. And so therefore, you know, whether you're in ministry full-time or you're uh, a stay-at-home mom, or you're in marketplace, um, all of those things. and, And we love Jesus regardless of any of that. It, whatever work we're doing, it doesn't matter what it is. It's all unto the Lord. And so I think mm-hmm. seeing your life as um, just a, I'm laying down all of my hopes, desires, dreams, my work, my efforts, my words, all of my relationships, all of it before the cross. And it's all as unto him. And I often think about how it is, it's a strange kind of dichotomy that Jesus loves us individually. We all have our own individual gifts and talents and he wants us to use them here on the earth, but we're also laying down our lives. We're laying all that down and letting him use Mm -hmm. that for his glory Mm -hmm. and um, to touch people, the, the individuals and the places in the world that he wants us uniquely to touch. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's an individual assignment for all of us. So I think that just recognizing that God does have an assignment for each of us and it isn't necessarily going to look like our neighbors or our daughters or our mm-hmm. husbands or mm-hmm. you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be different and being willing to, to do what he's called. You know, I think even if it feels hard or difficult, um, you know, one of your questions that you asked me was, you know, what kind of fears has God helped me overcome? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think if, if we're speaking to young people, I think a fear that a lot of young people have is that I'm going to be alone forever, you know, and I, I want someone special in my life. And I'm, I'm afraid that that's. Yes. I was just going <laughs> to ask you about that. Yes. And I definitely, yes. definitely wrangled with that fear, that fear. But I remember very clearly, um, you know, going through college and really living this way of just dating tons of people and, you know, mm-hmm. putting my heart out there all the time. And, and then just coming to a place where like, I'm really tired of having my heart dragged through the mud again. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. want to do that anymore. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I remember even after I met Kirk, um, we got to a place where we were really falling in love. We were talking about marriage, but we were determined not to take a step forward until we absolutely knew and heard from the Lord that that's what he wanted us to do. And kind of during that time of decision, I had another decision to make. I had to decide whether or not I was going to move back to the U.S. and pay off my student debt. My parents were like, you cannot stay there and teach for pennies. <laughs> you need to come home and pay this debt off. And so I had to give a, I had to tell my principal if I was coming back. And to me, it was really scary to do that because I thought this is my connection to Kirk. If I leave Haiti, you know, I don't we're not engaged yet. I don't know what's going to happen, you know? And so I remember telling the Lord this, I feel a little bit like Abraham 
and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. taking my relationship up the mountain with my knife. <laughs> I'm going sure. to oh, that's I'm good. lay that thing on the altar uh-huh. and be willing to slay it. And um, so that's, to me, that was my material for sacrifice, was my relationship with my guy that I loved. And so mm-hmm. I went, went ahead and told my principal that I was not returning and I was going home. And the grace of God only made me sit around for about two or three days <laughs> because <laughs> it was within that time. It's kind of after I told her that that's when we really felt, well, the Lord just spoke a word to my husband that we should get married. So, um, you know, that was, that was like a huge relief and didn't have to wait too long, but I was, you know, that, that was my material <laughs> for sacrifice was to lay down that relationship and really trust that God was going to take care of us, take care of me and provide what I needed, what he wanted for me. It was a huge, huge step of trust, believe me. <laughs> I was going to say what a wonderful example of how trusting God is, is it, it being faithful in those moments of fear, right? Being faithful in those moments mm-hmm. of fear is, yeah. um, is, is really the right decision. Um, and, and also provides, it, it provides the, the best answer for us. Cause you got, you know, your debt paid off and, yeah. <laughs> which is the right answer well and that's really I was going to transition into saying right so you've got this life you've got a husband you've got children and and this beautiful life and there's a lot of women that you know want that and so I was going to ask you you know what what you would speak to them um who are or maybe desiring that but also I was going to say what are you what would you speak to the woman who is in that place who's in that place who's in the thick of parenting you know small children who's in the thick of parenting teenage children right (laughs) Um, you have a lot of experience and wealth um, who's in the thick of a marriage right that's going through whatever that marriage is going through Um, you have you know kind of experience walking through all of that and and uh, and trusting God through all of that so um, what what kind of can you offer for those women I mean I think um I remember when I lived in Haiti, um, the mm-hmm. Lord, every morning before I started school, I would go into my classroom and open a journal and my Bible and really start to write things down. And I remember the Lord prompting me to write down moments of his faithfulness. And um, and I started this practice of just writing down things that I was thankful for, things that I saw where I saw God moving miracles that, you know, I saw happen small and large, um, and just writing things down. And then I heard a sermon about doing that a few years later. And the pastor was saying that the Israelites were told to make these, um, piles of stones along their journey out of Egypt into the promised land. And God told Mm -hmm. them, this is all in the first chapter of Joshua or second chapter of Joshua, told them that do this because when your children see these piles of stones and they say to you, what is that? Why, why is that pile of stones there? You can tell them, Oh, this is when the Lord helped us cross the Jordan, Mm -hmm. or this is when the Lord rescued us from Jericho, you know, that there were these mile markers and milestones in their lives. And so I think it's really important to make a practice of remembering the times that God is faithful to you and Maybe you just begin to write down those things. And I think that for myself, when I come to a place of hardship and difficulty and I really need to lean into faith and lean into the Lord, I can remember 
those things. I don't necessarily go back and look in the journal, but I remember all of these things that God has done for me in the past and say, and I draw a lot of strength mm. and hope from those things. Like I know he's, he helped me get through this or that. And I know he can do this next thing that I need done, or I need relief mm -hmm. or comfort or something in this moment that only God can give me. So I mm. know he is good and I trust him. So, I mean, that is a very, that covers a, a lot of areas. I mean, it's, you're trusting yeah. God for a husband, you're trusting God for, um, a child, you're trusting God to help you get through a hard situation at work or with one of your children or family members, or you're in a crappy marriage, you know, and any of these things, I think when you have a foundation of looking back and seeing how God is faithful and remembering and reminding yourself, he's a good God. He, he, his presence mm -hmm. is with me no matter what. And that's the lesson that encompasses everything else is like, regardless of the storm swirling around you, his presence is there with you and he, mm -hmm. he's good. And I think um, one of the other stories I wanted to share um, that has a lot to do with this was I, through a series of events, I found myself in Haiti in, on January 12th, 2010, which is the day that the earthquake happened there. And mm -hmm. um, there were estimates of 200,000 to 400,000 people that died that day. And um, I had just arrived. I was with three other friends from the U.S. And we were sitting in the parking lot in a car at the airport when it happened. And then we were trapped there for five days afterwards. And um, the oh, wow. night of the earthquake, we so we we couldn't go anywhere. We were kind of stuck. And we, we started driving around with my friend, my pastor friend that's there. And we ended up um, sitting with a a church group that he knew about like some friends of his um in a, on a soccer field at an like a soccer complex kind of thing and there were probably about 500 people out there with us and everyone was sitting in little groups and you know no one was sleeping all night <laughs> and there, there were aftershocks every you know 20 minutes or something and so you know we were safe from buildings falling on us but we were out in the open and it was you know it was scary but um you know, I just remember that night feeling uh, very at peace, like I'm, mm. you know, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was in the middle of the worst dis natural disaster in human history <laughs> and yet mm -hmm. felt very just comforted. Like someone described it as sitting in God's lap, and, um, yes. really just knowing his presence, because really the, the folks on that soccer field that night spent the entire night singing, quoting scripture, praying, and comforting one another. So I couldn't have been in a better place. And, um, yes. and I really carried that now for 10, over 10 years. I says it'll be 11 years in a few days. Um, and, yes. um, you know, just knowing what the presence of God is like and how he can bring comfort in the midst of real trauma and difficulty. So I think that that's, that's the message is like understanding and learning what the presence of God is and how to find it and how to get there and how to remain in, in his arms in trying times. Um, we have definitely had, uh, we had one, one of our children was super rebellious for five or six years in high school and college. And, you know, mm -hmm. watching him walk through all of that stuff and all that pain and rejecting faith and rejecting God and, um, was a really hard season. 
uh, probably I would say the hardest season we've ever had and um, and learning how to pray and learning how to wait on the Lord during all that mm-hmm. was a huge life mm-hmm. lesson, you know, and um, again, saw a victory on the other side. He's the one who has adopted three kids. <laughs> so it's oh, wow. Look yeah. at guys. Yeah. So amazing. So, so faithful. faithful. Your stories are such powerful stories of faithfulness. And I, I love the idea of, of kind of journaling about God's face faithfulness daily. I think what I was hearing when you were saying that is just kind of the Holy Spirit whispering, that's the discipline, right? Even for oh, new yeah. believers, right? Even for people who have just come to Christ because it allows God to, um, um, t- to teach us about him, right? Like to, yeah. it allows us to discover more about who he is so that when we find ourselves in moments and seasons and storms um we we will be centered in who he is right so um i just want to kind of offer that to anyone who's listening who might be a new believer and thinking i don't know about god then if you can just start with small moments of 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 reflecting on what you do know about him and then you know learning you know writing down what you already know you know then you will continue to be shown yeah. i guess more about his faithfulness right and and all of the small ways he shows yeah. up for us um that is amazing that is amazing i can't even imagine what it must have been like to be in haiti <laughs> for that earthquake period i uh, can't even like i, I i'm i cannot yeah, even I, imagine i just remember but, thinking you know i've been in hurricanes before and other sorts of natural disasters but like an earthquake is something you cannot prepare for there's no warning And I never experienced that before. And I think it actually was pretty comforting to me in the end, even, Mm -hmm. even though Mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily easy. It was like, I literally have no control over my life right now. (laughs) I have no, I can't make, (laughs) I can't get myself out of here. I can't make a plane come and get me. I, I can't, I mean, my phone isn't even working. I, I can't do anything. And, um, so my my life being in the hands of other people was such a new concept for me <laughs> and, uh, right right like I always you know can kind of keep things yes I can do whatever and this in this situation I couldn't do anything I had to lean on other people to take care of me and I I couldn't even lean actively lean on them because I couldn't get in touch with anyone so I was just trusting that there were people out there who loved me enough to try to get me away and get me out. And there, obviously there are plenty of people who love me, but um, you know, it was, it was an interesting <laughs> lesson to learn that, wow, there's actually some comfort here because I, it doesn't matter if I try to fix this, I can't fix this. So I'm totally at God's mercy. And, um, yeah. and it's given me a lot of courage for things since then. Like, um, you know, it just kind of took that up a notch. And, you know, in terms of new mm-hmm. believers, you know, I think the thing that's hopeful is that this is a lifetime journey. When you decide to start walking with the Lord, it is, it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, it, you're not going to be mature mm-hmm. overnight. You're going to make mistakes. Uh, we, we joke mm-hmm. a lot about how we probably wouldn't have liked ourselves, you know, 30 years ago. <laughs> if we met us now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. To do and a lot of growing up to do, and yet even in the midst of that, we were 
you know, we were trying to walk in faith and we were exercising and practicing our faith. It's kind of like a baby that's learning how to walk. Like they're, you know, they're trying to walk They're They have no idea they're not doing it right, but they're just trying, you know, and they're going forward and they fall down and stumble and scrape their knee, but they get up and try again. So it's the same kind of thing. Like mm -hmm. it, this is a time, you know, where you're just learning who God is and what he's all about. And you might misunderstand and you might get something wrong or you might say something wrong or, but that's okay. You know, there's, there's so much grace and so much love. Um, Absolutely. We thank God yes, for that. Yes. <laughs> the knowledge of that, like what you said, the knowledge that you're not in control and that God is, is priceless, uh -huh. right? For the non-believer, that must be a terrible <laughs> feeling. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I always imagine that that must be a terrible feeling to, to not believe or not know in your heart that God is in control. So we just invite all non-believers to consider right. <laughs> um, that um, the, the, the thought and the truth, the truth that God yes. is in control. And because if you don't know God and you don't are not a person of faith and you go through a crisis like that and you are out of control, yeah. what, yeah. what is there? Because I will say there was one of my Maybe. friends on the trip was not a believer and she went yeah. into a pretty, pretty deep free fall afterwards. Um, I can imagine. I can imagine. And we, I mean, it was a, an opportunity to, to share Christ and hope with her. And she did begin she, a journey with the Lord at that point to some degree, but she really had no, I heard somebody describe it as she had no floor. <laughs> she had no foundation. She yeah. just kept falling. And, um, you know, so I think that, you know, when you don't walk with, with the Lord and you are, life is in your control, you know, for some period of time that works out until there's a crisis. And then that's when oftentimes when people do start looking for God. But I think that the truth is that none of us are really in control of our lives. And if there is an illusion of control, it is an illusion and it can crumble in any moment. Um, and, you know, you, you're, your finances could crumble or your job could crumble or your marriage could crumble. One of your children could leave. You could fall into some health crisis. I mean, there's so many things that happened to so many folks. And, um, you know, I just am so grateful to have been introduced to the Lord as a child and then have grown. Mm -hmm. um, there, I don't feel like I've given up anything in my life to have that. And it, it's been so just a blessing to me as a human being, I, I can't imagine my life without the Lord in it. Um, yes. Oh, I just, I, I don't think there's more to be said. You summed all that up. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Of course, if you have more that you want to share, I'm, I'm not trying to rush you, but that, that was yeah. so good. Yeah, that was great. So, good. so yeah, I just, I think a life with, Jesus is a life of adventure. That's been my experience. I'm sure a lot of that has to do with my personality mm -hmm. and uh, kind of <laughs> lean toward <laughs> taking risk. But, um, you know, just a, a life of never really knowing what he's going to do and being willing to do what he's calling you. And I, I just think when you lay that down before him, he will take you on an adventure. And you have to be willing to receive what he has for you and not have expectations. It's going to look like 
one way or another, because I think you'd be disappointed. Um, mm -hmm. And then the peace mm -hmm. that his presence brings, regardless of where you find yourself, if you find yourself in the middle of a natural disaster, <laughs> it's amazing. His presence brings yeah. so much peace. Yeah. And I mean, we all have these, especially this past year. I mean, there's just been an upheaval of peace, you know, um, but that, that grounding in faith and having the Bible as a guide um, and his, his word to us, you know, is available. The fellowship of the believers and people praying and supporting you. I mean, it's just amazing. So yes, if you've, if you're considering Christ and you <laughs> haven't decided if you really want to do that, it's worth every bit of sacrifice you think you're going to make. It's really not, that's what's not going to happen. It's going to be the other way around. <laughs> yes. I was going to say there's, there's not that much sacrifice. Um, and that's the truth. Um, well, Kelly, I thank you so much for spending your time with us and, and sharing the story for um, anyone who's listening. Um, just know, I think that the most important truth is that, Jesus did come in exchange for our sins and he can offer you grace for your guilt. Um, and so, you know, we invite you to learn more about Kings Park um, and the gospel of Jesus Christ and um, just keep listening because there will be more exciting stories from women about how God has shown his truth to them. Kelly, thank you so much. Uh, for uh, sharing. Um, I just, I have such a big smile on my face. I'm so excited. Um, I, I, because I think what you said at the end is true for me, right. To hear, because to hear about, just to be poured into, right. By women of faith. Right. So I, I, I feel like I get a sneak peek because I get to listen <laughs> first, but, but then to like share, right. And know that this will be wow. shared with other women is just so exciting for me because um, as you said, this year has been so hard. 2020 was so hard. And there were moments where I just felt like, gosh, I would love to fellowship and fellowship mm. was so awkward and difficult to maneuver. And so um, it's just always refreshing when you can hear what other women believers are have to you're, offer so you're thank welcome. you praise That's god so <laughs> um and so i will be um i'll stop the recording but i'll be editing and um uh, we'll record i have some more recordings okay. coming up this week and then um we'll be posting hopefully like once a month or once every other month throughout the year and i'll i'll send you awesome. a blast when great. it goes out i'll text you my phone number too <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. It just occurred to me. I was trying to be all prepared and organized. Yeah. I was like, wait, I don't have her phone number. But um, thank you so much. I'm just happy yeah. the technology worked out and um, we'll look forward bye to bye. it. Thank you so much, Kelly. All right.